0: Hello there, you're listening to The Box Office Show. I'm Ryan Hill. And I'm Dylan Johnson. Today we're going to be talking about the box office numbers from last weekend and our box office predictions for this upcoming weekend. Then later in the show, Dylan will have a conversation with our longtime friend and Mario super fan Carlos Irizarry about the newest cinematic sensation, the Super Mario Bros. movie. Or if you're from New England, the Super Mario Bros. movie. So let's talk about the news and jumping off of the Super Mario Bros. discussion. uh, It seems like we're entering a new era in Hollywood with the sun setting on superhero films, although we can't fully call that like a dying genre until we see Guardians and The Flash and see how they come out. But certainly this year so far, it has not been very good for those type of films. Um, and certainly, we can say that like their dominance in the marketplace is waning. And then we just had back-to-back successes, huge successes, from The Last of Us in the TV space, and then, of course, as we'll talk about in the box office breakdown, Mario had a huge success as well. So it seems like video game adaptations are going to be the next goldmine for Hollywood, and to <laughs> fully ring in that era, we have recently seen the announcement that there will be a live-action Minecraft movie with Jason Momoa starring. Dylan, you had a visceral reaction when you <laughs> learned about that just before we went on air. What
1: I actually this? vomited. No. <laughs> but I, I can't believe that that's actually happening. That's, that's so stupid. That's so dumb. Why? Why, live-action? Why? Is everything going to be a square? <laughs> or is it just going to be Jason Momoa in the woods and you call it Minecraft? How the fuck are you going to make it live action? <laughs> Fucking how? The only way, the only way it would be cool is if it was Jason Momoa's live action and he's in the Minecraft world still animated. Like 3D animated. Like like right. a, a, a Who Framed Roger's Rabbit kind of combination. The mm-hmm. only way it would be acceptable. But they're not going to do that. Because they don't have the balls to do it. They're going to do something stupid like, just turn everything into fucking blocks. It's going to be ridiculous. It's going to be ridiculous, Ryan.
0: <laughs> I am fully on board with your assessment there. It seems kind of baffling. So, I, I guess that's something to look forward to. Maybe they'll course correct. I think your idea of placing Momoa in that like 3D animated environment would be the much cooler route. And Maybe that's what they're going with. We don't actually know yet. We just know I that hope. We can at only least hope. Jason Momoa will be. Live action. But moving on from that to another extremely stupid thing that has been announced HBO Max is rebranding as Max, just a Max. Pop off, Ryan. They got rid of HBO, which, as you and myself and everyone in the world knows, HBO is synonymous with quality and prestige, and it's a recognizable brand. Why would you get rid of HBO Max? Like HBO, that part of it, and then just have Max. Which, if you didn't know any, anything about streaming services, if you didn't already know about HBO Max, if you just heard Max, what do you what type what type of content do you think would be on there? Would you have any idea if you didn't the already maximum know maximum content? <laughs> if you didn't already know about HBO and Warner Brothers and all that stuff from HBO Max, like it makes no sense. You get rid of yeah the key recognizable part of your name just to what i don't get it like i always thought hbo max was a good name i thought, it was I, a good thought so too. Cause I thought so too because i thought because everyone's done the plus right disney plus and paramount plus and apple tv plus so that has been done to death so hbo max you give it a different sort of spin again you still have the hbo and yeah the whole like max maximum thing that
2: Should i thought was, hbo
0: supreme i thought it was a solid uh name and they've had it for years now so now you've built up the association with that streaming service hbo max Indeed. and now you're just calling it max max <laughs> just some name some random guy <laughs> max you were gonna think that dude's cranking out a bunch of content or something and not that it's a streaming service where hbo is at that was the other thing is their and their announcement thing their logo was max and then it had which it's still the exact same thing as HBO Max. It's just HBO's gone now. And then it had the tagline, the one to go to to watch HBO. That was <laughs> a tagline. Why not just keep HBO in the title, like in the actual name? What are you doing? That's so It's funny. just such a stupid decision. I don't get it. Hey, Crazy. you want
1: to watch the new Harry Potter show?
0: It's on Max with <laughs> Mario. <laughs> Yeah, that is another thing they announced to pair along with that. Harry Potter is getting a reboot. It's going to be all those seven books are going to be adapted to a television series. And so all those characters, Harry Potter, Ron, Hermione, so on and so forth, they're all going to be recast with new characters that what they're hoping will last for another decade on Max, the streaming service. So. (sighs) I also think this is a very foolish decision since, like, if you want to do something with the Wizarding World, I, I think expand. that makes sense. Like, it's been an obvious choice for a long time now to make a Harry Potter show, but don't readapt to the books when we already had a very successful, good quality. Like, it's very well loved franchise movie franchise that also all the merchandise and all the like wizarding worlds at universal resorts like all that stuff has that branding from those original actors why would you like throw all that away and confuse the brand even more yeah
1: i just think a harry potter tv show is just big dumb i'm waiting for them to waiting
0: for amazon to say that you're just going to readapt lord of the rings which would also be big dumb it sure would that was the the fear of like Amazon doing it or then the new Warner brothers since they were making new projects. Although it doesn't seem like they're readapting those books, but that to me just seems so insane because it's always going to be compared to the original and it was done extremely well yep. the first time around. So it if doesn't had make sense. they watched it, maybe you could exactly. make it. but
1: they didn't. They, they hit the nail right on the head and got it incredibly well. And
0: it's now a phenomenon because of it exactly so it just seems like it's going to confuse the brand even more i feel bad for the poor actors that are going to get cast in this because you already know there's going to be a ton of controversy uh surrounding it but then also yep. they're going to have to have the constant comparisons to the original franchise and it's not even like it was that long ago like when did that last movie come out it was like 20 what 11 24 20- oh yeah you're right it was like 2011 2012 yeah. so, it was like 10 years ago. There's no need to have like this reset for a new generation or anything like that. Like <laughs> the kids can still watch these movies. It's not like they're dated or anything. Yeah. So I don't know that is kind of a strange choice, but we'll see how how that goes for them. Yeah, ridiculous. Ridiculous. And next we have another trailer that was released this time. It is for the Marvels sequel to captain marvel dylan were you able to catch this trailer i was not was it a good trailer i caught it and i will say the first like 45 seconds had me intrigued really I, it did and then what, after that it became the like it? standard marvel fare and i was like okay well maybe it's not worth a watch at all but the first yeah 40 seconds i was like okay maybe they had here. stopped it there exactly well again it's like a teaser trailer Mm-hmm. It should have been short, so not two minutes long. So I love that they do that. They call it a teaser trailer
1: and then it's a full trailer length and it's like, Well, what are you teasing?
0: Exactly. You just so, gave us
1: a trailer. I remember when that, teaser trailers were literally like thirty seconds long and it would just be like a couple of random shots,
0: uh narration and then the the title. Exactly. It should go back to that. Especially because like the full trailers now are three minutes long. And I they give away so keep... much. Exactly. So they need to rein it in. They need to do more of just... give Trailer us the houses need to get better at making MGMs. trailers. Because I'm I'm hating trailers nowadays. I haven't yeah. seen
1: a good trailer in a long time. Mission Impossible was a good trailer. The The teaser trailer for Mission Impossible was good. Mm-hmm. Remember that? That was awesome.
0: That it was long, but it was awesome. Very true. But yeah, you should check that out when you can. And then see if it will sway your opinions on whether or not you're going to the Marvels. Right, we'll because as it of right out. now, are you... You're planning not to, right? Unless we do a show
1: about it, probably not. Or unless, if somehow, Marvel somehow grabs my attention again with the next few movies or shows that are coming out. But I doubt it. I mean, I haven't missed a a Marvel movie so far. I've seen all the movies. It's the TV shows I haven't been keeping Keeping up up with, with, necessarily. But that could be the first movie I miss. I don't know. We'll see. Now we can do our box office breakdown for April 7th to April 9th. Coming in first place, no surprise, Super Mario Bros. movie, $146 million for the three-day weekend, $204 million for the five-day weekend, with a worldwide debut of $377 million.
0: Ryan, do you feel like a king? Oh, oh, I sure do. I hate you. The Mushroom Kingdom is in celebration right now. I hate you. All the toads are going wild, because you. this is... Is an absolute sensation, and it is well on its way to becoming the first billion-dollar film of the year. And we'll see; it may possibly end up as the highest-grossing film of the year. But we knew this back in the draft that this had the potential to be huge. And huge it God, is. It. I hate this. <laughs> I
1: hate. I hate that draft. I hate that draft so much. It pisses me off. Oh, it's so beautiful. Oh, it sucks. It's so amazing. I can't wait for Barbie to be the highest grossing movie of the
0: year. <laughs> that would be incredible. It'd be the best thing in the world. But I don't think that's going to happen. But what we will see happen, of course, is Mario leveling up into the billion dollar club. That's going to be a fantastic box office breakdown to report that. <laughs> oh, the W's keep coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's your turn. Say the next movie. I thought you were going to, I was throwing it to you to pout even more. Fuck off. Yeah, I want to. <laughs> John Wick, Chapter 4, coming in second place. $14.4 million. Air, $14.4 million with a $20 million five-day. Dungeons and Dragons drop into fourth place with $13.8 million. Scream 6,
1: $3.4 million, now passing the $100 million domestic point. It is now the highest of the franchise, so there
0: is definitely going to be a Scream 7 mm-hmm, his only son with two point eight million Creed three two point seven million Shazam two with one point five million that is another astonishing drop. It has just crossed fifty six million domestic, which now has made it past the first film's opening weekends. damn! but that shows just how big this drop has been between movies. That's horrible
1: yeah. after that was a thousand and one, which made five hundred and ninety thousand dollars
0: and then paint. Five hundred and seventy thousand. Rest in peace, Owen Wilson. Indeed. Now we can do our box office predictions for April fourteenth to the sixteenth.
1: Super Mario Bros. in its second weekend. Ryan, any guesses?
0: I'm thinking it'll have a very solid hold. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna say high seventies, and it may even crack eighty million. I was gonna say seventy
1: million. So I think we're in the same range here. I think it'll I think Mm -hmm. it'll just perfectly have itself pretty much.
0: Yeah, and then there are a slew of new movies coming out. Renfield, Pope's Exorcist, Suzumi, Mafia Mama. So Renfield seems like it's the only one that'll... Uh, I mean, nothing will obviously challenge Super Mario Bros, but it'll be yeah. the one that should secure second place with something in the double digits. I'm thinking 15. Yeah, I'm thinking around there too. I might go a little lower, 13 million. We'll have to see. Um, It's got... Like okay reviews Mm -hmm. and it does look kind of fun like some of those trailers looked interesting but yeah yeah, i don't think it's gonna break out in any major way yep i think the other ones are all sub eight million i would agree with that assessment awesome yeah okay and now you and i can briefly talk about the super mario bros movie we'll just give our initial impressions and then you and carlos will carry on the conversation And do a whole spoilery deep dive into the Mario film. But for me, I thought it was decent. I -hmm. was pleasantly surprised. I mean, it's a tight 90 minutes. It's got a very basic, straightforward story so that kids can stay tuned into it. But I think it works for what it is. It gave a lot of references and Easter eggs to Nintendo and Mario stuff, which is fun to see. And the animation on this thing is crazy Mm -hmm. and the fact that it's it's got a hundred million dollar budget so the profit on this movie is going to be insane yeah but it looks fantastic for like the hundred million like all these disney and pixar projects lately have these huge massive budgets for the animation and illumination keeps pumping them out for like 90 million 100 million and they get huge profits off of it so that was another stunning aspect to it. It looks great, and then in terms of the voice cast, again, still not sure why they didn't just go with the original Mario voice actor Charles Martinet. Yeah, he got a cameo twice in it, so mm-hmm. that was nice to see. But it was like, if you already have him, if he's right there, just throw yeah. him in there. But Did Jack Black I mean, like is Bowser. That was beautiful, fantastic. Yeah, that was that was amazing. Um, and then, of course his song in there peaches oh my god so good <laughs> that was great that was truly fantastic so yeah overall i mean jack black was definitely stand out for the voice cast everyone else was just okay i thought like they were serviceable nothing was bad but mm-hmm. i thought charlie day was, like, was good as luigi yeah. yeah i mean he was solid i liked toad as well keegan michael key yeah he was great mm-hmm.
1: everyone so, else i think was was just serviceable fred yeah. Armisen as a uh, cranky kong was
0: good that's about it. I'd say serviceable, but yeah, they were all. <laughs> Jack Black was certainly the standout. I mean Oh, for sure. yeah, no one could compete with that. But how about you what are your initial impressions? I agree with everything you
1: said about liking it in terms of the music and the animation and how fun it was and how serviceable it was to like the Mario World and how a lot of people had fun with that. I think that's great. But my expectations were higher for the story. And I was let down. I would I would argue mm-hmm. that I was not met with a, a story that I think was on par with certain other Illumination movies that have come in the past, including Despicable Me's 1 and 2. I haven't seen the third one. Uh, and Minions was still pretty, at least decent. And this story, I felt like, felt lackluster, felt rushed. And uh, there weren't really any character arcs. I mean, it was just kind of the... Mario characters doing their stereotypical Mario actions. It was Mario trying to save Princess Peach in the Toad Kingdom from Bowser, who's trying to destroy it. And, I mean, you could still make it that and give them arcs on top of that. And I don't think that the arcs that they tried to put in worked. And I don't think that the story worked as a whole for me. And I
0: was left a little lackluster because of it. Wow. Yeah, I definitely think They what they wanted to do was to just pump it full of bright, colorful images and then also all those like Easter egg things. So that would make it pleasant for people that have that familiarity with Mario, of course, is, I mean, the most recognizable video game character of all time. So if you didn't have that familiarity, I can definitely see, especially with the lackluster story, people not enjoying this at all. Mm-hmm. If you're bringing your kid to it, but you never played Mario, I can see how it would not be the greatest time. But yeah, yeah I think it it was carried by the all the nostalgia and the references and all that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, they definitely were not trying to put in a profound story or do anything great with the characters, um, and that definitely came through. Like you could feel that. Yeah. But generally, I thought it was still a pretty fun time. It's fun. I mean, I had fun. A lot of the bits were good. Some of them weren't as
1: funny. I just, it felt so rushed. It was definitely plowing through reference after reference after reference without, and actively putting the story second. And I can't help, as someone who loves a good
0: story, I can't help hating that. It did fly by. Like they were just yeah. jumping to the next thing and the next thing. Like the the one that really stood out was when uh, Cranky Kong was like, all right, you're going to have to fight my son. And Mario's was like, oh no. And then we immediately cut to them in the arena doing the fight. Yep. Like In any other movie, there's usually some time where there's a breather beforehand and he's going to talk to like his companions and talk to Peach and like get some motivational talks mm-hmm. or anything like that. But no, this one again, just because it's trying to keep those kids' attention. Yeah, it's or in like, right to the next plot. Beat.
1: In like the span of ten minutes, they went from uh, being in the Donkey Kong world to building their carts and doing the Mario Kart bit to landing in the water and being in the fish. And I was like, bro, whoa! You just kind of mm-hmm. like skipped through Mario Kart entirely.
0: Very true. Like they're trying to hit a lot, and I get it. But damn. Yeah. Before we wrap up our conversation and then you move on to the spoiler stuff. Mm -hmm. Just wanted to see gauge your, your thoughts on the potential for the NCU, the Nintendo cinematic universe. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? Are you looking forward to all of those adaptations that are most likely coming down? the Yeah. I could be game for it, especially because you could end it with like a smash bros
1: movie, which would be kind of cool. Mm-hmm but the only way I'd be on board is if they really spend time to up the quality of the stories. Like I can't sit through an entire cinematic universe of movies that are 90 minutes of plowing through references to get to just to get to the end. Like I can't do it. It was already right. hard enough to sit through Mario Bros with it being like that. Like I had fun and I enjoyed it. The music was good and I laughed a couple of times, but bro, just put a little more emphasis on the story to make it at least a little bit more entertaining and a little bit more, like, like. in in five years, are people going to remember this movie for, like, what it is? Or are they just going to remember it as it being the Mario Bros. movie? Like, there's nothing that is in this movie that stands out as something that could be memorable and, like, be a part of, like, a cultural phenomenon other than the fact that it is a Super Mario Bros. movie.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There's no like I, big standout moments that will stay in the cultural zeitgeist. It just kind of happens. Like Peaches is the only thing that's going to gonna that last.
0: It's definitely going to be the one that stays. And that's um, because
1: that was creative and that was fueled by Jack Black. And it was original and it was fantastic. And they should have done yes. that with the story. And they didn't. So if True. they take the time. To build out a cinematic universe like Marvel did or like DC is now trying to do and they put care and love into the stories so that I can become attached to the characters and want to see them from movie to movie to movie and want to see them unite and meet each other, then yes, I could be on board and I would watch those movies. But I just don't know if I can, especially if it's it's movies that are adaptations of video games that I've never even played. Like if they did like a Samus movie Mm -hmm. or a Metroid, I guess, a Metroid movie, like what... I've never played those games and the only way I'd be into it is if you
0: gave me a story that I could care about. Right. Yeah, I think it's sort of inevitable that they're going to try and do these adaptations, but Nintendo is notoriously careful about its brand. And so if they were Mm -hmm. going to move forward with that, I think they would have a very delicately planned universe that would certainly be leading up towards a Smash Bros movie. Uh, But I think... What they'll probably do is whatever this Super Mario Bros. movie is, which is just chock full of references and color and great music and all that stuff, and it's geared towards kids, I think they'll continue with that for these next Mario movies. And they have a lot of room to expand because there's a bunch of characters they can still bring in, like Wario, Waluigi, Daisy. We got to have Yoshi. So I think they're going to continue with that for this franchise, but I think they will diversify like the tone and sort of the target audience for some of the other films like metroid is does have like a little bit more of a actual story to it and it's a bit darker than fair enough like a mario platformers i think legend of zelda of course would be that i would see the no next what, one that awesome. would be awesome They would have to do that really well but again they have such a solid foundation with those stories i mean a of time breath of the wild like these are Some of the most well-respected games ever so i think they'll be very careful in how they adapt those Um, but yeah they have a lot of options to choose from and i think they will try and make sure that it's not just the same type of movie over and over again i think unfortunately for you i don't know if they're really going to put more care into the next mario movie film since this one's done so well as what it is and so Mm -hmm. they're just going to ramp it up more with bringing in those other characters yeah but but then they just eventually it's going to fizzle out a lot quicker than if you
1: could build a universe with quality story, that's true. But Marvel lasted of... as long as it could because they put emphasis on quality stories that linked together. That's why it lasted what going on fifteen years now, right? But and now it's starting to fizzle out. That is true because of the lack of storytelling.
0: Illumination with Despicable Me and two Minions movies, mm-hmm. right? Three. Despicable Me's, Two Minions. Yes. It's been pretty much the same formula for that. They've been decent stories, at least. You know, I can't really speak to that. Other than the first Despicable Me, I think that was solid. Also, I haven't seen that since I was like young, around that age. The first first Two Despicable Me's and the first Minions movie, I think, had decent stories. I never saw the first Minions, nor Despicable Me 3. I didn't see Despicable Me 3. I've heard bad things about that, but... A, it made the least amount of money out of the three of them, I think. Or maybe it made the most. I don't remember. Right. But I think generally, I think the overall impression is that, yeah, those are still like heavily geared towards kids and it's less about the story in those than something like a Pixar film, of course. So I think they're going to carry on with that for the Mario part of the franchise, at least. But I think they are going to be very smart and try and pick out different tones for those other properties when they adapt. I understand your point. I'm just saying the executives, they're going to be like, oh, we nailed it here. We don't need to try and hit for like into the Spider-Verse type quality. God, that'd be so good. I was, that's kind of like, I was really hoping it would be
1: on par. Like, like they really dig deep and got a really heartfelt story about two brothers trying to save this mushroom world with, with, with the, because they were, they were hitting those notes in the beginning. They were like, oh, they're failures. They haven't been successful. They, they botch up everything. And then the lesson is that they work best together and it's like, but they didn't really go through any change to get to that point. Mm-hmm. It's like, what, what change did they go through? I mean, I'll dig I'll dig deep with this with Carlos later on, but what change did they really go through in the movie to make them successful? The only right. change is that they were introduced into this mushroom kingdom, which is different than their real world. But what, what how is that a change? Like an internal
0: character change. It's not. Mm hmm. So yeah, I think, I think we'll have to see. You did have high hopes, then, if you were hoping for the Into the Spider Verse, and I'm sorry that didn't pan out for you, but yeah, it was still uh, a decent enough movie, I would say, for what it was trying to be. It's yeah, I think it, it definitely knew its its ambitions, and they were nowhere near <laughs> uh, Into the Spider Verse. But so. yeah, hey, Peaches though—that's Peach is true. fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I I really because it's
1: eligible for an Oscar. Really hope it gets nominated so you can see Jack Black perform it at the. I think oh, that would be great! And about it. so shoot. amazing. Oh my God.
0: It would be fantastic. That would be, yeah. All right. Are you ready for this transition? I am ready.
1: I'm gearing up now to talk to Carlos Irizarri, our Mario Bros
0: expert. Please enjoy this Mario filled conversation. What you meant to say was, let's go to fuck, your discussion fuck. with Carlos. You're right. <laughs> Yahoo!
1: Hello. In, can you hear me? Yeah. Awesome. Alright. Thank fucking God. It finally worked.
2: Hold on, for some reason you're only speaking Spanish on my end. We might it might not work.
1: No, I'm English.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh now you're in English.
1: Ah perfecto. All right. Well, we are sitting here with Mr. Carlos Irazari. And by we, I mean me cuz Ryan's not here.
2: Oh, we're live?
1: Yeah, we are live. We're just going to go for it.
2: Very Welcome cool. to
1: the podcast, Carlos. Are you excited to be here?
2: Yes, thank you for having me. A pleasure. Oh, the pleasure is
1: all Long-time mine. Long-time
2: listener of the Box Office show.
1: Really? You could say that. I feel like you've only been listening for like the last month or so.
2: More or less. <laughs> it's a long time.
1: I guess from your perspective. Uh, well, we're here to talk about Mario, we're to talk about video games. You are a self-proclaimed Mario fan, are you not?
2: <laughs> not I'm not
1: self-proclaimed,
2: <laughs> I uh, do enjoy Mario, quite the fan. Not, not sure played, if I'm a self-proclaimed super fan.
1: you played every game though, correct? Every single Mario game.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Just, you don't just know. happened.
1: It just happened that way? You just happened to play one and then work to the next one? Sorry, one more time? You just went you just you just played one and then just started working to the next one and just kept going?
2: Yeah, well I jumped around. The first one I, I played as a kid, I think was Super Mario Sunshine, which happens to be the same one that I have a tattoo of. Um then I played the one on the DS, I played Galaxy, I went mm-hmm. back and forth. Um because a lot of the earlier games are before I was born, so mm-hmm. it did line up.
1: You have a Super Mario
2: tattoo? I do, I have two of them. Yeah. What's the second uh, Mario, one? I have Luigi with a King Boo in a vacuum, looking all scared and whatnot.
1: Boo, that's pretty awesome. So you uh, you would say that you're a big fan of Mario? Would you Would you argue that it's like one of your like favorite video game franchises?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, Mario is always going to be a classic. I think mm-hmm. it's very accessible for a pretty wide audience, um, and even then, I think people looking for something a bit harder can challenge themselves by playing the game faster or uh, Mm -hmm. adding their own challenges. I think the game offers a lot, even though it's so simple. So you were pretty excited when they announced
1: the movie, right?
2: Absolutely. I was a little skeptical at first. Um, uh, As I think a lot of people were, especially Mario fans with Chris Pratt being the voice of Mario. People were like, (laughs) well, that seems kind of out of left field, right? Um, Yeah. But yeah, I was was very excited to see a movie adaptation because I mean, what was the last, movie or TV show Mario Gar must have been in like the eighties.
1: I know they did the the live action one with John Leguizamo and uh Bob Hoskins when he was still alive. Yeah. And I heard that, that one was atrocious. And I've always I, I
2: watched it. it as a kid actually. You yeah. Did? And I was remember not liking it as a kid, which is pretty bad because I had a low bar, you know?
1: Yeah, you were a child. Everything was good <laughs> when you were a kid. <laughs> so what is it about like platformer type video games that is so attractive to you, so enticing?
2: I really think it's like the fact that you can excel um, in such a meaningful way when you, when you get really good at platformers, everything feels so fluid. I I feel like it would be a similar feeling to be a, like a a gymnast or something like that. You just move Mm -hmm. so fluidly and you feel like you're not even thinking about the movements that you make. And that's something I really like about platformers in particular. Mm -hmm. Um, and I guess for anyone that's listening that doesn't really know what a platformer is, it's it's just a game that consists of... where the main game mechanic is running and jumping.
1: Yeah. So, what do you think is your favorite Mario game?
2: Uh, I think, personally, uh, my favorite Mario game and the Mario game I think is the, the best gameplay-wise mm. are probably different. Uh, my personal favorite Mario game is Sunshine because I think it has... Um, the most life, it's so colorful and fun, yeah. um, and it means a lot to me because I played it as a kid. But I think, from a gameplay perspective, uh, the best Mario game is Super Mario Galaxy,
1: uh, two, yeah, two, really. The second one,
2: yeah, I, I never played the
1: second one, I only played right. the first Super Mario Galaxy, right.
2: they're both incredible. I think that yeah. I think the second one just expands on everything the first one did, mm-hmm. um, without taking anything away. So,
1: I think the only ones that I know for sure I played are uh, Super Mario 64. Some of the Mario Kart games, not all of them. Uh, I know I did Double Dash. Double Dash was big for me as a kid on the GameCube. Mm-hmm. That shit was amazing. Luigi's Mansion, Super Mario Galaxy, and Super Mario Odyssey. I think those are like, and then the Mario Parties. But you know, those those are more sideline side games. You know, mm-hmm. those are the ones that I really played a lot as a kid. I wasn't super into like a lot of the platformers, other than Galaxy, and then as an adult Odyssey. But I really liked a lot of the. The side ones like Mario Kart and uh, Super, not Super Smash Bros. Mario Party, I loved it.
2: Yeah, I think um, Mario did something really special for Nintendo by being their like mascot. He was able yeah. to do. They put him in everything. I mean, Mario has golf. He has tennis. He has baseball, soccer. Uh, he played at the Olympics with Sonic for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's in kart racers. He, you know, was the main guy in Smash. Um, mm. He. Mario as a protagonist, because he has no real like voice lines or doesn't have like a real personality, you can just put him in anything. I think that's kind of Mario is whoever you want him to be.
1: Yeah, he can be whatever you want. So when you were when you were getting ready to watch the movie and you had you had all these expectations in your head, right? You thought it could be one thing or another thing. What were your like initial impressions upon viewing the movie?
2: Um. My full watch of the movie or the announcement
1: like you, you like you watched the movie and then you and I went outside the theater and we talked a little bit about it but like what immediately right outside of that theater what were you thinking about the movie
2: gotcha well i was I was very pleased I think the movie is what I expected it to be and exceeded in a lot of ways um it was it was kind of surreal to see like uh Mario in this way on like in like the big screen Because... Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, the last Mario movies in like the eighties. Um, but it was great. I kind of expected a pretty simple story. I wasn't too disappointed by that as I saw mm-hmm. like a lot of critics were. Um, but outside of the story, maybe being a little weak, I mean, everything else was, it was fantastic. Um, the music was um, revisions of music from the games. The animation mm-hmm. was beautiful. The voice acting was great. A lot of the jokes hit perfectly. I mean, I thought yeah. it was really funny. Um, it was great. I loved it. Personally, but
1: I have a different opinion, and I've talked to Ryan about this already a little bit earlier in the podcast. Mm. but I just I had higher expectations of the story because it's illumination and like they're not like they're not Pixar or anything. they're not like the number one place to go to for animated stories. not Studio Ghibli or anything, but they are you know decent they made despicable me despicable me too, which are two movies that I liked, and minions, which I liked. I haven't seen any of their other movies. But like their stories have been on par with, at the very least, decent. And to me, the story for for Mario was just not good. Like like objectively bad. It felt rushed. <laughs> it felt uh, oversimplified, and it felt like they had an idea for a story and just cut out so much of the story bits so they could get a ninety minute runtime where they had like I don't know, like. They hit all the high notes they wanted to hit with Mario Kart, Donkey Kong, Bowser. They they like hit everything they wanted to hit, but then just cut it really short so that they could only hit those things and not worry about the story. And I just as someone who is a movie fan and is a lover of good stories, to sacrifice a story for that kind of stuff seems like a weak call to me
2: yeah i can I can totally see what you're saying um I think a lot of what the movie does well is just riding on the back of nostalgia and yeah like, for sure fan service um but something I was thinking about earlier was when I think about movie like video game to movie adaptations, the idea is to take the story and and put it in the form of a movie, right yeah when I think about Mario, pretty much all Mario games have like little to no story, so I guess in my head, it made more sense that the story was whatever, mm-hmm. but
1: I feel like galaxy and odyssey have pretty good stories.
2: You think so? I, I think, think so. uh, I think, I think,
1: have, I, think mm. I think they do hit the bare minimum in the sense that like in odyssey, what is it? You're trying to, it's, it's similar to the movie where you're just trying to save peach from being married to
2: Bowser. Yeah. And, uh, Cappy is Cappy. like also lost. And then you guys work together to uh, save the uh, tiara mm-hmm. Cappy. I forgot. Her yeah.
1: Name. I th- I think it's at the very least hitting the bare minimum of like what a Mario story should be. But I feel like a movie ha- should have higher standards than that because the video game, you can be swept away in the gameplay aspect of it. Whereas in that's taken away in the movie and you're only there as a viewer. So story should be kind of what you strike at first. And it seemed like they were hitting the strides of what a story could be for Mario. And they didn't stick the landing. They, they just like cut their way through because none of the characters really had arcs.
2: Not yeah. Like, I, like at all. I, I would agree. Um, it, it's weird because I think it everything depends on what your expectations were for the Mario movie going into it. Because mm. for me, I was just expecting to have something fun and, and lighthearted to sit back and watch. Um, and that doesn't mean you can't have a story and still achieve those things. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if their goal was to have a really like compelling and intricate story. I think they wanted something that the whole family could sit back, have a few laughs, see Mario in, in a different light uh, and enjoy it.
1: Yeah. Now I, I talked to Ryan a bit about this earlier and I want to get your opinion about it but they are gearing up for like the Nintendo verse, you know, absolutely. We we were talking about how superhero movies are kind of starting to be on the way out. And the big new phase is going to be video game adaptations because clearly they're making a lot of money with the last of us. And, uh, with super Mario. Now they're making tons of money, going to be a huge hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so my question is if they are going to turn this into like a big Nintendo verse kind of thing, wouldn't they have to put more attention into story in order to keep you there, going each thing every single time? Because not everything can have the nostalgia factor after five, ten years of movies nonstop. You know, eventually you're going to hit a point where people will not want to go see the movies if there is no uh, good stories being told.
2: For sure, I think Mario in particular uh, is known for having no story. I think if Nintendo was go to go down the route of. Um, having like you know a nintendo cinematic universe kind of thing mm-hmm. i think franchises like letter zelda metroid pokemon mm-hmm. um could all easily be adapted into compelling and intricate stories in a way yeah. that mario has struggled with in the past some of the paper mario games actually have pretty good stories or some of the mario mm-hmm. rpg games have pretty good stories um but those wouldn't do as well uh Those games aren't as popular as the platformer ones, which is what the Mario movie was kind of playing towards.
1: Yeah, but if Mario is going to be the flagship character for the NCU, the Nintendo Cinematic Universe. I got it, (laughs) (laughs) If he's going to be a flagship character like he was for the actual video game Nintendo-verse, wouldn't he have to have a more compelling story than that to be that flagship character? Wouldn't you rather have it be Zelda or Link, I should say? At that point, be the the central character if he is a more story driven character. Because if you're gearing up to like a Super Smash Bros. movie, how can Mario be your lead character in that role if he has no like arc overall arc to the story?
2: Yeah, I I I guess my current hope is that this now that they saw the success of this first Mario movie Mm -hmm. and they went down the route of making something with a pretty simple story uh, to put it lightly. Um, They saw the success. They might put more effort into a compelling story just because they can't keep doing fan service movie one, two, three, four, and five and expect it to sell as well as the first one. They're going to need to do something different. Um, Mm -hmm. You, you'd say that, but I mean, they're making insane
1: amount of money right now with this movie. Like it is Mm -hmm. doing gangbusters right now. And if that's the case, Studio executives in the past have very typically tried to cling on to what has technically worked. And what has technically worked is a very simple story that has not a lot of depth to it. That is mainly focused on on nostalgia and fun. I feel like they would tend towards just redoing that over and over and over again until it died out. And I think the MCU was so popular and so successful because they put story-driven... Uh, material first, and they could build upon that and create a universe. A universe out of that, and now in this new these new phases that they're having, the stories are a little more lackluster, and so they're they're losing speed. And I'm worried that n- the Nintendo cinematic universe will not be able to gain enough traction because of uh, so much attention on nostalgia. I feel like they could do one hits with every single video game franchise, but I don't think they could carry enough steam to connect them or like create an interwoven
2: connection of stories like Marvel has. That's my worry. So I think there's two sides, right? Mm -hmm. So in the past, Miyamoto, who's the Mario guy, um, has expressed that he's, and you're going to hate this, that he's not a big, he's not a fan of stories. Um, which is, it's kind of sad to hear. Um, Cause I think stories are really important and they can do a lot. But the thing is where you say that like, Oh, Nintendo was so successful or the Mario movie was so successful. Nintendo has known to just change things, even if they work for absolutely no reason to like to a fault. It's pretty bad. Mm. Um, So I, I would expect them to do something similar with the movie and, Try and just go out of the box because that's just what Nintendo does. I mean, look mm-hmm. at the Wii U. Um, they yeah. love just changing things for the sake of changing things. So, even though this movie is so successful, that doesn't mean they will stay comfortable and keep doing the same thing over and over again because that's not really what Nintendo does. Mm-hmm. However, it just really depends on how much control Illumination has over the whole thing, or if they're just using, like, if Illumination is using Nintendo as an IP and Nintendo has no, uh, say in what happens in the movie Mm. then maybe we'll just see a mario movie too with same fan service would you care
1: if that entire cinematic universe was just fan service and not more in-depth stories or do you want to see more in-depth stories i would love to see stories
2: yeah i I would love to see uh more thought out and intricate stories Mm. um because i think there's a lot to be told especially like i mentioned previously with the legend of zelda and metroid mm-hmm. um they have really like metroid in particular has really cool sci-fi elements and like a, a deep lore that i think could be expanded on in a really cool way um but you never really know uh, i I'm, I'm hoping for for better stories but yeah you don't know you never know with nintendo you can only
1: hope Getting back to Super Mario Bros. though, what what about the movie as someone who's played so many of those games? What stood out as something positive? Let's let's talk about the positive things. You said the music was really good, which I think universally will agree on. Not just Jack Black's song. But like, <laughs> like all of the 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 callback music was just fantastic.
2: It was, yeah. Um the movie was also was beautiful. Like the animation, it, you oh, come to expect enough, yeah. it with illumination. The animation was beautiful. Mm. Um and I think one of the biggest highlights for me that I didn't really expect was uh, the comedy. I thought it was a really funny movie. Um, my favorite bits were from the little Luma, like the existential oh, so nihilist Luma so that was saying like like time and hope are an illusion. Um, I thought that was great. Um, I thought Toad was really funny. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought Mario and Luigi had good banter. The family. Mario having a family was really funny for some reason. Yeah. Um, And then outside of humor, I thought like the movie is just packed full of like fun details for people that are fans of Nintendo. Not just Mario. If you're a fan of any kind of like retro Nintendo titles, um, Mm -hmm. Punch-Out, Icarus, or Kid Icarus, um, Duck Hunt all make appearances in small ways in the movie, which is great to see.
1: I like the, the, the bit in the beginning when they're still in Brooklyn and they do the side scroller kind of thing with, Mm. uh, with that little action. bit. I thought that was
2: really cool. You know, it's funny that scene, I didn't realize it the first time I went back and like, Mm -hmm. uh, was someone was doing like an analysis thing that Mm. part, the, the scaffolds and stuff, the colors match one to one to level 1-1 from the original Super Mario Bros. Really? Um, which is, yeah, it's a cool little detail um, that, is that cool. I didn't. I actually didn't notice the first time. And then I was like, oh my God, looking back on it, I, I see it. It makes complete sense.
1: It does make sense. Were there any references that stood out to you as being something you didn't think you'd see? Like something surprising to you that they included in something, like a deep
2: cut? Um, Let's see. Um, huh. The cat power up I didn't really expect to see because it's relatively new, Um, but there was also references to Super Mario Odyssey, which is a game that was released in 2017. So Mm -hmm. uh, there was just a lot on the walls in the background of like Mm -hmm. uh, Nintendo fans seeing Charles Martin. The uh, Charles Martin cameo was really cool to see, Um, and also I didn't notice that he was also the voice of Mario's dad
1: yeah um, yeah i didn't notice that either until the credits rolled i just knew he mm. was the guy in the beginning yeah that, that's playing the game but yeah, it's cool yeah, that yeah. he got to be mario's dad
2: mm-hmm. speaking of voice I mean, actors oh no go ahead mm. no i was because he is like other than miyamoto is like the father of mario in a way yeah
1: for sure like he really gave he literally gave voice to that character and and mm. all of the other like many of the other characters for sure yeah Like in in terms of uh, the voice cast specifically, was there anybody that stood out to you as being really good or anybody that stood out as being really bad to you that you thought? Because to me, Jack Black was the clear uh, uh, front runner here in terms of voice cast talent.
2: Yeah, if we were handing out awards, uh, Jack Black gets the gold for sure. For sure. Um, The only character I didn't like the voice of, and this is a pretty common opinion I was seeing online, Mm. was Cranky Kong's voice. Um I forgot the guy's name. Fred Armisen? Uh, yes. Uh I didn't really like Cranky Kong. I oh, really? I I think Cranky Kong is supposed to be like a grouchy old man, but in the movie kind of comes off as like a like an uncle that like is teasing you in a way i don't know i i wasn't a big fan
1: i i said this earlier in the podcast but i actually liked fred Armisen as cranky kong i'm not, maybe really? I'm, apparently i'm the only one that did and i think it's funny <laughs> just because he went in and just did his normal voice almost <laughs> like he put a little bit of a flair out but it's pretty much just fred Armisen being fred Armisen, and it's i think that's funny like that approach to it he well, just kind went of in and
2: just, seth rogan donkey kong as well kind of very true.
1: Yeah. Seth, Seth Rogen. Rogen dude, watching Donkey Kong laugh and having it be the Seth Rogen laugh. Mm. That was kind of <laughs> a little much for me. <laughs> like I didn't mind Seth Rogen being Donkey Kong, but having Donkey Kong do his iconic laugh was yeah. a little much. It's like taking you out of the movie a little bit. It definitely was for sure. I was taken aback. Um,
2: back. I thought, uh, Keegan Michael Key as Toad was fantastic. Yeah. Um, I thought Toad was really, really funny. Toad was great. Um, a character the character I didn't expect to find as funny as I did uh, when watching the movie, and then Chris Pratt as Mario was a very mm. pleasant surprise. I, uh, Chris Pratt as Mario and Charlie Day's Luigi worked surprisingly mm. well. I yeah, I'm a little surprised too. Not gonna lie, mm. but I did I wish. Uh, sorry, no, so, go ahead. I was just really wish- love Charlie Day. <laughs> I wish Luigi had a bigger role or Dude, presence in the movie because he kind of just, he runs away from the dry bones. He gets captured and then he doesn't really do anything for the rest of the movie until the very end. With My the problem is that he doesn't go through
1: any, like he starts at the beginning as like the cowardly Luigi, which makes sense because that's how we know him in a lot of the video games.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then by the end of it, he's standing up and defending Mario. And you look at everything that happens to Luigi in between those two moments and he goes through zero change. He goes through yeah. zero changes whatsoever. He, nothing impacts him in any way. And all of a sudden, at the end of the movie, he's just like a brave Luigi now. That doesn't make sense to me. And that's that's like the story problems that I have with it is that like you're, you're doing below the bare minimum. You're not even hitting the bare minimum. You're missing yeah. like major steps here. And I, I'm like, you could have done it. You could have done it so easily. There could have been bits in the script where Luigi it, like tries to break out of Bowser's castle or Bowser's thing. Or like he has a moment of bravery or something like that. But no, Luigi Mm -hmm. is useless.
2: Yeah. Cause that's, that's like Luigi's thing is that he is, he is brave and courageous when it comes to the people he cares about. That's the whole premise of Luigi's mansion. And I love that. And, and what ends up happening is he has like an anime style power of friendship moment. And it's like Luigi doesn't, that's not like his thing. He's not like, he's not that guy. He does it because he cares. But it felt like, oh, with the power of family, I'm going to save you, Mario. And it was like, well, you didn't, I don't know. You didn't really do anything the whole movie. It's kind of weird. For sure.
1: None of the characters Um, really do anything except Mario, if we're being
2: honest here. He has a little training montage. Yeah, everybody else kind
1: of just fails throughout the movie. Like, Mm. uh, Peach doesn't do anything really. She's, She's like cool. She's a cool character, but she doesn't really do anything to help Mario. Uh, Donkey Kong certainly fails throughout the movie. <laughs> he lost to Mario. Luigi doesn't do anything. It's it's just Mario versus Bowser is all it is. I think the uh, only character that truly does anything is Toad and that's just because Toad is so supportive of Mario. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying?
2: Mario and Donkey Kong do have the little friendship arc kind of thing that develops. Yeah, a- uh, not, it doesn't feel like it develops in a meaningful way. No, it's Big um, Dumb. Did not like it whatsoever. But what was your like, or your standout moments from the movie or things oh, where you're geez. like, wow, that was great. Uh,
1: I do like in the end when they, because when you're watching it and then the power up comes up, like the, the mushroom for him or the star mm-hmm. for him to eat or consume or absorb or whatever, <laughs> the star shows up and comes into play. And I thought it was just going to be Mario doing his Mario thing and nobody helps whatsoever. But I like that it was both him and Luigi, and they have that little moment where they both absorb the star, and then it's the Mario Bros versus Bowser. I like that. I just wish they had set it up more for Luigi to have some kind of an arc so that he would have a purpose being there with him, but I did like that in the end it was both of them.
2: Yeah, that that Um, was really cool.
1: Yeah, I liked the... I did like the training montage. I thought it was good. I just thought it was rushed for sure in an odd way um i liked the i'm I'm upset that they rushed through the mario kart section big time like they very briefly build their cars they make a few jokes they're on rainbow road they get ambushed they're done and it's like damn that was quick that was like all in the span of like five to seven minutes Mm. because i love mario kart
2: that's a tough one because i feel like if it went on for too much longer it would have felt like it took up too much of the movie I feel like if they did
1: the same amount of time, but then intercut it with like a side story of Luigi doing something, it would have felt longer. and would have had more of an impact, but they didn't do that.
2: Mm-hmm. If it was because, split up, I, I totally agree. Yeah,
1: Cause they don't, they don't think about these things. They just make, mm-hmm. just make it, make it, make it. <laughs> I want, I want, I want thought to go into more, into more movies. It's just so, such a bummer. Mm-hmm. I just, I had higher expectations. I saw the trailer. The trailer looked really good. I went into the movie and it started out really good. You had that really good moment between Bowser and the penguins. It was funny. It made Bowser look really menacing. It gave him, it let us know what his entire mission was. And then you have the whole Brooklyn opening, which is good to like set up the Mario brothers as like failures in their world and struggling to make a living and things like that. And then the second they get into the mushroom kingdom, it's like everything from that point to the end of the movie is just rushed. The arcs get pushed completely to the side. There's no more story really going on here. And you're just seeing Mario references, which is great for like super fans of Mario, like you and a lot of people out there in the world. But to me, a guy who's played Mario a medium amount and likes Mario and was kind of hoping to see Mario get a good story, that was a bit of a bummer.
2: Mm-hmm. So, if you were you're directing the new the next Mario movie, what yes. would you like to see in a sequel? Either characters that are missing, development that could be expanded upon. Um I would like to
1: see Mario and Luigi are now like top dogs in the Mushroom Kingdom. And they like they're like the plumbers that you go to in Brooklyn. They go they commute to Brooklyn and then they're also heroes in the Mushroom Kingdom. And then all of a sudden they're getting usurped by these new brothers, and it's the the Wario brothers. It's Wario and Waluigi. And okay. they're there and they're um they're like they're gaining popularity because they're better at the job or they were like more abrasive or something. And it's like an underdog story of them trying to outbeat like Wario and Waluigi. And then you could have like Mario Tennis since that's how you met Waluigi. <laughs> I think that'd be funny to throw in there. You could have a love arc for Luigi and uh, Daisy. So you can introduce mm. Daisy. And then you could yeah. have them like meet Yoshi since they're setting up Yoshi. I think that like just adding all those little elements in there, but then having like an arc between like a, like a competitive sort of thing between Mario and Wario. I think that would be cool. And having them compete and have that competition, like consume Mario to the point where he can't even think about like the people he cares about. Just like an arc like that would be kind of cool.
2: I would like to see where like Mario and peach and Luigi and Daisy are like swingers. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I (laughs) I think that would be sick. Yahoo. Um, <laughs> okay but if wario if wario and waluigi are in a sequel yeah jack black would be the perfect wario but he's already bowser why couldn't he be both yeah you think
1: so you think there's a better wario i think there probably is i just can't think of it because Wario is more of like a wah right right that's wario. Well, it's not like wah. he would talk like that in the movie well i'm saying like but... that's like the kind of thing he would go for
2: well no, no, i think no, no, i think no, you no. need a more like, like wah
1: that's Wario. Waluigi's. Yeah. yeah. Waluigi's. Wah. He's Wah. Yeah, but, yeah, there you go. So then yeah, Wario should have like a really gruff voice actor. Like um god, if I maybe like Brad Garrett or something. He might be too deep of a voice. I don't know. I feel like you could find somebody really good.
2: What's the preacher dude that we were talking about the other day that has the really deep voice? Michael? No, is the it Michael? Preacher dude? He's not what a preacher. Mean? He does like motivational speaking. He has really deep oh, voice.
1: Oh, oh, oh my God. What is He talks name? like this. I don't remember. Yeah. What's his name?
2: God. What is that guy's name? Oh my
1: God. I should know his name. Let me He look should it be up. Wario. Because uh, he was in Shallow Hal with... <laughs> it's Tony Robbins.
2: Yes, he should be Wario. That would be very funny.
1: Tony Robbins. I was thinking, ooh, what if he got like John Goodman to do it? He was, he was the voice of uh, Sully in Monsters, Inc. Oh, yeah. That would be a good yeah. Wario. That would be a good warrior. And then you could have, um, uh, there's a guy's name is, um, Oh my God. Why can't I remember his name? John Totoro. John Totoro could be Waluigi. That'd be kind of cool. It'd be kind of weird, but I think it would be good.
2: Oh, also another thing. I don't know if you, if you knew this. So I uh, remember how I was saying there was a post-credit scene and we waited and we saw, you know, uh, Jack Black get turned into he's mini Bowser in little birdcage. Yeah. There's another post credit scene. I know. I heard about this. It's, it's Yoshi, pretty right? insignificant, so it's fine that we missed it. Um, yeah. But it's basically just confirming that there will be a sequel, and it will most likely take place in Brooklyn um, with the Yoshi egg. Um, yeah. So I think having Yoshi adds more elements that you can uh, expand a story. But Who seeing you, Wario Walu- Wario Waluigi would make for a really interest- uh, interesting interesting antagonist because bowser's whole thing is just being with peach whereas yeah. wario and waluigi could be a competing plumbing business yeah or, you know like you said or they could be competing for are there love any or something. are
1: there really any other villains to the mario world spike donkey kong was the original villain yes
2: uh yeah which is now cranky kong yeah but
1: like who else is there to to like in the Mario video game world, who, what other villains are there? Any other big villains other than Bowser and the Wario?
2: Um, so you have like mini bosses like the Koopalings. You have Nabbit, who is kind of just like a pest in some of the newer yeah. games. Um, Bowser Junior.
0: is oh, a yeah. character
2: that exists, getting revenge for his father. Um, like I was saying earlier, the Paper Mario games and Mario RPG games have different villains. Like, there's a character named Fawful that a lot of people really like. Mm-hmm. um Can you spell that for me f-a-w-f-u-l he's like a little green guy um okay that's interesting
1: i've never heard of super this. paper mario
2: it is pretty notorious for having the best mario story of any game because it's pretty dark um really yeah i don't exactly remember what the story is let me look it up what is the plot of super mario uh, super paper mario yeah super mario it's the paper mario for the wii
1: um, Let me look at what the story is. Super Paper Mario story, because that's interesting. I don't know. It was yeah, it, 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 Mario like as a notoriously Beach, Bowser and Luigi journeying across various dimensions atop a villain named Count Bleck. From oh fucking disappeared.
2: It, it disappeared. is. It... It has a great story. Like, a lot of people agree that, like... From destroying all of existence. My God. In addition <laughs> just, to
1: the four playable characters are fairy-like pixels that grant the main party members various extra abilities, such as hammering objects and images. That's really wild. They have, like, a complicated story to this. Because I'm not used to seeing this
2: mm-hmm.
1: in a Mario game. But that could be interesting.
2: Kind but it's, like, the only Mario game uh, that tackles, like, death. And like loss of love and like interesting. You know, I don't know I who get wrote Sounds for it. Yeah, there's a, there's like a couple of video essays on how Super Paper Mario is the greatest Mario story. Um, yeah. that um You can watch on YouTube. I, I don't know too much about it because I haven't mm-hmm. I've played like, I don't know, maybe half the game. Uh yeah. And this is when I was a kid.
1: But what do you let me ask this because. I don't know the answer to this when did Wario get introduced
2: Wario's first appearance was in Super Mario Land 2 which Mm -hmm. is the sequel to Super Mario Land which is the first Game Boy Mario game who was the the
1: first Super Mario Land
2: I don't know it's like a (laughs) it's like a UFO it's like a Oh. it's not Bowser it's like a fish in like an airship i really don't know how to describe it just look up super mario land final boss and you'll be like okay what is that thing
1: i see the the thing on the poster and you're correct it is a fish in like a ufo thing
2: he's like a little alien dude and the reason it's so different from the regular mario games is because it was developed by a different studio and so that game has like you go to like egypt and there's like yeah, there's like a little sphinx. Weird. Um there's ninjas in that game for some reason. Um it's a very weird game, but it's one of my favorite Mario games. Um anyway, tangent aside. Uh Wario is the main protagonist in uh Super Mario Land 2. Protagonist Ant- or antagonist? Sorry, antagonist. My my bad. Um and so yeah, he looks pretty funny in that game. and But people liked Wario enough that in Super Mario Land 3, uh, you play as Wario. Interesting. Yeah. Even though the game is called... I think the game is called Wario Land Super Mario Land 3, even though you don't play as Mario. Interesting. Yeah. So maybe they just want... I don't even know. But... Mm-hmm. It's just very do
1: you never really play as Bowser, I guess except for Paper Mario, Super Paper Mario. Bowser's always like a just a big main antagonist. When did Bowser get introduced?
2: Uh Bowser is in the first Mario game. Super Mario Bros. He's really? uh, yeah, he's in the very first Super Mario Bros. game uh for the NES. Oh. Um and ever since then, he's been the main boss in most of them. Um, I think in Super Mario Bros. 2, it's like a big frog or or some shit like that. (laughs) Um, Named Wart, I think. Mm. Are there any, like, small Mario
1: characters that you'd like to see in a sequel?
2: Yeah. um, For me, I really like some of the Paper Mario characters. They have Mm. pretty interesting personalities. Like, there's a female Goomba who's, like... Kind of tomboyish and sassy, named Goombella in the Paper Mario games. Who I think would, <laughs> who I think would do well, um, sassy. Who I think would do well in like a movie setting. Um, also, E.Gad I think would do well in a movie mm-hmm. um, from Luigi's Mansion. He, you know, like the nerdy professor guy. Pretty. Easy would you trope. like to
1: see like a separate, just complete, completely separate Luigi's Mansion movie? Because I know <sighs> I would.
2: I I absolutely would, but I would hope that they go more the route of the first Luigi's Mansion game, with all the ghosts having these backstories yeah. about like their children and their families and stuff like that. That was the really first cool.
1: Luigi's Mansion is kind of dark because there's like dead babies and stuff.
2: Absolutely, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, what I just played intriguing. through the second one recently and I didn't like it that much because it didn't one? have yeah, it didn't have that like element of personality behind the ghost all the ghosts look the same yeah the third one kind of has that really i haven't played it yet so you haven't played the third luigi's mansion
1: with the one i the bought hotel?
2: it on release i I have it sealed it's on my shelf um that's crazy because I, I bought
1: it because <laughs> you bought it thinking that you had played it
2: because no, i was gonna talk I, to
1: you about it and then i played the whole thing and forgot to talk to you
2: oh i'm sorry yeah no it's still in the shrink wrap i think that's
1: crazy
2: yeah i, never well, I know played it.
1: i know what we're gonna do or i know the next time you ask for a video game recommendation i'm gonna tell you to play luigi's mansion 3 yeah this maybe i'll play it on the way time. to north carolina you should honestly that will be yeah. hilarious <laughs> i could it's probably coo- beat it in all the yeah. way there and the way back i bet you oh you could probably beat it on the way there it's not a very long game it's not as long as the first luigi's mansion
2: yeah
1: but uh it's it's fun it's not as fun as the first luigi's mansion either it's just cool that you have those little slime luigi Gooigi I, Gooigi thank you yes
2: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah uh, on the topic of not that we were really talking about video game adaptations right there nah, what nah, would you hopefully. like to see um as a video game to movie adaptation because I know you're like, a fan of like Red Dead um yeah I think you've liked some of the Assassin's Creed games yeah 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 I mean
1: they've already done some like Assassin's Creed adaptations I know that they've come out bad to me I think Assassin's Creed is too there's like a video game stylism about it where like you sometimes people make video game adaptations of stories and then you watch it and they try to capture what it's like watching someone play the video game and it just feels cheesy and stupid like those Assassin's Mm. Creed movies do it or like the Hitman movies do it. And I just I just wish sometimes you could just not necessarily try to make it feel like you're watching the video game. Because mm-hmm. if you're going to do it, if you're going to do it in an animated form, it's fine. Like, Super Mario Bros. came out great because of it. They tr- they emulated that stuff intentionally. But if you try to do that in live action, it just looks cartoonish and dumb. And it makes mm-hmm. it, like, seem silly. So if they were going to do, like, an Assassin's Creed adaptation, I wish they would just take it seriously as a story and put that intricate story first and not make it super, like, video game stylistic and whatever.
2: Mm-hmm. So I what about like, like
1: Red Dead? I would like to see a Red Dead story, but that would just be, that would just be a Western at that point, <laughs> which would be cool. But I mean, I feel like Red Dead is so far in the other direction of being like, literally you are like, I remember Spencer, my friend Spencer to the, to the listeners. Uh, he said that Red Dead was the best Western movie he'd ever seen. Cause that's pretty much all it is. You're just playing a Western movie. So you, okay,
2: so kind of like um, the Uncharted games where yeah. it, it's like a movie game half hybrid thing yeah. that kind of guides you through. It would be really easy to adapt Red
1: Dead into a movie of some kind. You just have to cut out a lot of the story because it's so long. But it would be yeah. really easy to adapt it to the point where I'm just kind of like, why bother? Like, what is what would be the point of adapting Red Dead when it's like you could just play the game and it's the same exact story? Like I wouldn't mm-hmm. change a, a damn thing about it. And I guess maybe maybe it would still be interesting to see in theaters because The Last of Us has been wildly entertaining even though it is pretty much verbatim to the video game so mm-hmm. far. Almost entirely. I just... I would just rather play Red Dead than watch it but I'm willing to give it a shot. I I would love to see a good adaptation of Uncharted. That's really what I would want to see. Because what they did with the Uncharted movie with uh, Tom Holland. It's not a bad idea, but they just they just came up with a new story, and it just happened to be a worse story than the video games. Because
2: oh, they just used the IP of Uncharted to make yeah. a movie. Yeah, oh, and I then didn't they, know that. They actually.
1: retconned a lot of shit too. Like they retconned how uh, Sully and uh, Nathan Drake meet. Like they just retconned the whole story of like who he is and stuff like that. And then tried to. I don't know. I just. Oh my god, like the story in the video games is so good. Um, I just wonder why on God's Green Earth, they would retcon it like that. It, it really pisses me off. And I would rather just see either a direct adaptation of the video games into movie format, like you can make four really good movies, where you improve on some of the, like the story elements that weren't as good, like you can fix some story beats that are kind of bad. Or you could do an original story like Uncharted did, but don't retcon the history of the characters. Keep it there so that they have that like uh, connection as characters. And they have that sort of background, which I would have liked more because they, they just redo everything in the movie and it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. The only thing cool about it, the, the only redeeming quality it has is I actually really liked like the third act set piece, like the action set piece of it. I thought it was actually
0: mm.
1: very cool and creative. And it was very on par with like the eccentricity of the video games. But also it's like the games, each one is just kind of like you start off as this hapless adventurer who is just trying to find um, some kind of lost item or something, trying to find Mm. gold and treasure. You're in it for the money. And then throughout the course of the game, you find out that whoever the antagonist is has like plans to like destroy everything and what what not at least in the first three games it's like that like they are threatening world apocalyptic end stuff and you have to fight them because of it and in this movie in the movie it was similar to the fourth game where it's just kind of like they also kind of just want gold and they're trying to get it first and i i thought that was kind of boring the fourth game does it well just cuz uh they interweave some personal stuff in there that I really found enjoyable. But in the movie it's just kind of like, we want gold. They also want gold. Let's see who gets to the gold first. It's kind of like just a treasure hunt. <laughs> what other video games would you like to see adapted? Because you're a uh, video game fiend.
2: Right now, my immediate answer would be like God of War. Um mm. I think the most the two most recent God of War games. Have done something really special with Kratos as a character, mm-hmm. um, that is super compelling. It's the first time media has made me cry. In a really, ver- I don't think like maybe media. maybe ever like the music, media. like movie, music TV show. None no, of not that has really. Ever made you cry? No. Uh, at least I can't remember off the top of my head. But I th- what's I telling you about this? Did I tell you about? I won't spoil it. What? Just in case you play or if anyone listening. Oh, the video
1: game. No. Yeah. Don't spoil because I haven't even finished the first God of War, let alone started the second one.
2: Yeah. I'll leave that one for you. But there's a part at the end that I was like, oh, my God, I'm tearing up. It's crazy. That is crazy. Have you seen Toy
1: Story 3?
2: (laughs) Have you? Yeah, I have. You didn't cry. At what part are you supposed to cry at in Toy Story 3? he was up the toys. I don't care. Fuck you!
1: <laughs> I grew up with those fucking toys. I watched yeah. Toy Story one and two religiously as a kid, and we get you to Toy Story these three. Fucking and- nuts, dude! Fuck you, <laughs> You goddamn <laughs> asshole! What about what about um God things that things that can make you cry? You I'm never not a crier, like, dude. You never seen like any
2: sad movies whatsoever. I teared up playing the intro to Little Big Planet a couple weeks ago. Really. Wow. Yeah,
1: I'm just nostalgia. Electric.
2: Sometimes nostalgia hits a certain part of your gut that you just didn't think it would. You know what I mean? I get that. You just, you just, it just like uncovers like a memory you forgot you had, and then you're like, yeah. "Wow, life was so simple back then." I can understand that. Yeah, I
1: just, I, I, I guess I've become just more of a crier as I've gotten older. I feel like I really? see more things and I cry more often, dude. Yeah. I watched at your board game party in between like playing the board games, I watched,
2: I heard about this. I know you're going to say it, but continue.
1: I watched Troy's shrimp funeral video. It's 15 minutes long about how his shrimp died and he made a funeral for them. Mm. And at the end I cried because yeah. it's, genu- it's genuinely sad. Like I cried in front of Issa.
2: It yeah. Was, I forgot who told me. I think it was Isa. It was
1: probably Issa Cause I, she was the one who noticed me crying. It's so sad. It's 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 one Bro, of the funniest it's shrimp. Dude, it's one of the funniest videos I've ever seen in my life. It is genuinely hilarious, but it's so sad. Like the end is so sad. Maybe it, it like someone who is watching this randomly probably wouldn't cry, but because I'm so close with Troy and I know Troy so well, it made me so sad.
2: <laughs> the all the little shrimp uh take off their hats to pay respects. <laughs>
1: they do it's a like, they do a, a twenty one gun salute.
2: <laughs> <laughs> they pour they, out they, their their beer for him. Pour one out for Shrimpy.
1: They uh they go to do like the march, but it's just their little noise and go. <laughs>
0: bam,
2: bam,
1: bam,
0: bam, bam, bam.
1: <laughs> oh my god, dude! Yeah, rest in peace to those fucking shrimp, bro.
2: Dude, I wonder it's how long
1: shrimp, it was bro. alive. <laughs> he does a bit in it where. <laughs> He he puts the days that they were alive and puts 2023 to 2023. <laughs> Rest in peace. It's 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 very funny. It's a very funny video. I'll send you the link, but my god, the ending oh, actually it? made me cry. Yeah, I have the link. Because I watched it at your phone. It, it was phone a YouTube Twitter video? Party. Yeah, he put it on YouTube. Oh, okay. I can send you the link. It's it is funny, but God, it's so sad. <laughs> I
2: just Maybe Troy should have been a film major if Maybe. he could evoke this level of you know, emotion from you.
1: It, it, to me, it was like the perfect combination of absurdity and like actual heartfelt emotion that just got me perfectly. It's kind of like everything, everyone all, all at once, how that usually makes people cry because it's just the combination yeah. of heightening your emotions to a point of hilarity and then knocking them down with like sadness.
2: Yeah, that's something I've always like had a problem with is like – when people are like emotionally vulnerable or like in a serious moment, like when can you like throw in a joke underneath all that and have it be like received well. And most of the time I just kind of avoid it or at least try to, but
1: I think, I think it's worth a shot. You know, I think if it's the right, if it's someone you know very well and you know, a joke that would make them laugh, I think it's worth going for it. Yeah. Because there's nothing wrong with, with making people laugh, especially when they're so down. Yeah. And you make me laugh, Carlos. Wow, thanks. So if I'm ever down, you can throw out a joke. <laughs> and I, I would try, appreciate I, it.
2: I try my best. But what are we looking at time-wise? 50 minutes. What are, are we trying to minutes. hit? 50 minutes.
1: Oh, God, I don't know. Whenever you want to stop talking about Mario or just making
2: people laugh when they when they're sad. I think we've already gone past a, a Mario conversation. I don't really a have anything else left I want to say about um, Mario. Is there anything you want yeah. to say about anything?
1: You have a platform now. You can say anything you like. Um,
2: no. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm good. I was going to think of something funny to say, but I'll, I'll pass on it for now.
1: All right. Well, I hope to bring you back soon. It was it was a lot yeah, of fun talking to you. It's been a pleasure. Carlos. Yeah, I, I I hope maybe next time we get a video game adaptation or maybe if there's a movie that you want to talk about. I, I did float this idea to Ryan. I'll ask, about, I'll ask you about it now. There was a period of time, maybe close to, no, nah, not a year ago, but like eight, seven, eight months ago where you were trying to get into movies because you had been watching that series on Netflix. The, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you wanted to watch more movies. And you're, you were a person that I think has missed out on a lot of like pop culture movies in your life. Yeah, I've never seen Happy Gilmore. Can you believe yeah. that? <laughs> things like, like you've never seen The Godfather, you've never seen Star Wars, mm. you've never seen Lord of the Rings, things yeah. like that. Like I feel like I wanted I pitched this to Ryan. Like, would you be interested in doing like a series here, where like maybe every couple of months you come on and you watch a movie that's like a, a pop culture phenomenon that everybody knows about, and you give your initial impressions as someone who is a fully grown adult watching it for the first time.
2: Uh sure yeah I'd be down. Um, it would be I called kinda... Movie Virgin though. So
1: would you be interested in that?
2: <laughs> cool. I
1: got I got a, I got a chuckle out of Alexa there. Um, That's
2: so maybe cool. if the title was like Movie um, Chad, first time <laughs> popping movie cherry, um, might be a little bit better. Um, or like.
0: And then for the second mm. yearbook picture, Abstinence is the
1: key to success. Yeah, it'll have your yearbook quote. <laughs> abstinence is the key to success.
2: Yeah, maybe like Step Bro, this is my first time watching uh Lord of the Rings.
1: <laughs> That's pretty good. But how about uh how about uh yeah, I got nothing. Uh, I'm well, I'm really glad that you came on and
2: uh <laughs> Yeah, if you ever want to talk shop about video games or um whatever. Yeah, maybe we I, could do
1: a series on here where I play a new video game as a person who has not played a lot of video games at 23. Yeah. And we could call it a uh, Video Game Chad.
2: Yeah. <laughs> or we call it Video Game Beta. Oh, not bad. That's yeah. pretty good. Cuz you're like a beta playing video games. Hey. What the fuck <laughs> you
1: saying? <laughs> All right, anyway. well Carlos, thank you so much for coming out. it's uh, been a pleasure. Is- that's all the time we have. If you'd like to send us an email, you can email us at the boxoffice show at gmail.com. Our main title theme is Sundown by Joseph McDade. If you like the show, please go ahead and give us five stars or like us on whatever podcast I'd be listening to. And have a great rest of your day.
2: Yeah, take care.